0: is on the air. Lucky 13 here as we welcome you to Cherokee Rewind. Our time around is a guy that, well, I had the good pleasure of knowing back last decade, a uh, guy who was a defenseman and, of course, uh, goes by the name of Jack Goodell. And, of course, I, I guess technically you're actually a doctor, though, are you not? Technically, yes. Well, tech, well, more than technically, you earned it. So, <laughs> I mean, but... uh. Is not an MD what is it that your official title is
1: I have a PhD in chemistry
0: dude you you should be like I should be working for you okay <laughs> that's that's crazy but you know that's awesome I mean you are that's uh, you can't congratulate you enough on that that's hard work and perseverance so appreciate it. I congratulate you on that <clears throat> well also welcome to Cherokee Rewind as we get a chance Thanks. to go back down memory lane a little bit, Jack, uh, you played. Uh, we were talking before we went on the air here. You said you played 2007, 2008, and then 2008, 2009. Oh my goodness! It does. It seems like quite a long time ago.
1: It sure does.
0: Now, a lot of times. What, Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, first off, let's go back to back to the beginning. Uh, What was it? Of course, you were a a Michigan guy, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly. And like I said, all these, you know, 20 years, it all runs together. So, you know, you kind of go, but you try to remember as much as you can. And uh, I remember if I remember you were from Michigan and you I'm trying to remember, did you wear number 16?
1: Number 18. Close.
0: 18. Now, I knew I was in the neighborhood. But uh, yeah, that's a little game I play with myself. Is that I try to remember <laughs> what the jersey number was everybody wore, and you know I usually fail miserably, but I try. I try. It keeps you sharp, right? It keeps you sharp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, about as sharp as a dull knife. Uh, Jack, let's let's talk about first of all, uh, how old were you when you put on a pair of skates for the first time?
1: I believe I was probably three or four. First time I had skates on.
0: So, I mean, what was it? I mean, was it your folks that got you interested in the game or was it something you seen as a kid that got you uh, all wound up about it or?
1: So the story goes uh, is that my godmother first introduced me to skating and uh, she'd be babysitting me for the day and we'd go to public skate and all that. And then one day out of the blue, I just went up to mom and dad and said, mom, I want to play hockey. And they were totally taken aback and got me to <laughs> learn to
0: skate and you know it took off from there oh my learned learned to skate I gosh it's been ooh. so you were that little my goodness so so we so basically they've got your your godmother to blame for that okay <laughs> but uh you know it, it's funny you know I I think about those days you know when when you're a little guy and stuff you don't think I mean me I played. When I played, of course, this was when I was that little. Out I me, mean, we're talking back in the '60s and '70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, and it's like we had the sports arena, we had the ice house, and that was it. You know, I mean, we didn't know anything. Uh, Toledo kids didn't really know anything much about Tam O'Shanner. So you know, it's <laughs> like uh, we uh, we kind of made do, but. Uh, it's it's funny how the game has grown now. So many kids now are willing are liking to play and wanting to play. And in your case, uh, it, you got started up there. Now, where did you play your, your house league and stuff?
1: I started in Mount Clemens, and then I bounced around from Mount Clemens to Fraser.
0: Now they have the and have the Fraser Ice Arena when you were a kid did they the, the like five sheet complex or did they
1: yeah they did I, it wasn't quite five i think it was 3 or 4 and then they added the fifth one um yeah. but yeah it's always been there
0: i the only thing i remember one thing i always remember about back in the 90s i used to go up there to watch the detroit falcons of mm-hmm. the colonial hockey league and then they later became of the u, u uh uhl the, they called it the u-haul league and uh <laughs> trying to remember what it was uh, it was colonial and then uh, i forget what the u stood for united hockey league that's what it was and so i'd go up there and watch the falcons play because it was about the same supposedly about the same caliber more or less as the echl so mm-hmm. i got to see some of the uh, some of the guys up there uh, that played in, uh, in a falcon uniform and of course couple of the old IHL rivalry teams played in that league, like uh, Port Huron and Muskegon mm-hmm. and trying to remember who else. But, uh, you know, just teams like that. I think Flint was in that league also. Uh, but, you know, it's just that's what that's the reason why you get so geek when you're a hockey fan is because it doesn't matter the league. Whenever you get a get a chance to see ice, you know, you get to see what's out there. You get to enjoy uh, a good game. You're you're all in now how uh, how now how old were you when uh you decided to get serious about playing hockey? I mean, was it through high school or was it prior to that?
1: Uh, it was prior to that I sort of kind of worked my way out of house and into travel and then just got more and more into travel hockey and it's real big in the Detroit area, so it just kind of took off from there
0: well what where did you start playing travel at
1: um one of the Fraser teams. There was a bunch of them, but uh, it was just Double A trip. Or I never actually made it to Triple A.
0: So, yeah, you made. So you made the jump from Double A straight to Junior. Yeah. So, uh, uh, how old? Uh, let's see. How old were you when you came to Toledo? When I got to Toledo,
1: I was nineteen. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, okay. so you're so you're a grizzled veteran. So when you came in, yeah, out.
1: I had actually played uh, two years in the league for Motor City while I was in high school, and then went and played in New York for a year, and then came back to Toledo.
0: Well, what? Tell me about New York. What was that like?
1: New York was interesting. Uh, it was the Empire Hockey League. I played out of Albany. Um. Capital City Selects or something like that. I forget exactly what it was.
0: Hmm. But uh, so it was
1: a uh, you know, a little bit of a different game, a little more finesse, not as you know, physical as in the Midwest.
0: Yeah, Midwest tends to be a lot more chippy and. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you get into any kind of scraps or anything when you were in New York in Capital District?
1: Oh, for sure. I got kicked out of more games that season than all previous seasons combined. Really? Yeah. I just, the temper got the best of me and the team was a little frustrating. You know, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Promises were made promises weren't kept, you know,
0: that kind of stuff. Oh man. So that's
1: why I ended up working my way back.
0: (laughs) Coming back here to the Midwest. So now, um, so what what was it about Toledo that made you want to come to Toledo? Um, I was just looking to get back
1: into something local, um, and one of my um, travel coaches, Double coaches, he had a good relationship with Toledo at the time, and basically called him up and said, "Hey, I need you to get me on the team somewhere back closer to home." And he said, "Let me make a few calls," and then said, uh, "Hey." Go down to Toledo at this time, you know. Go skate with them and see what happens.
0: Now, who who was your coach at the time?
1: Um, at Toledo, yeah, uh, that one was uh, Ian Duncan and Chris Tarsha.
0: Okay, so now uh, you walk, you come into Toledo. Uh, of course, as a as a veteran, you know, I'm sure you probably had a little bit of a expectation, or did you come in feeling kind of giddy and not sure what to expect.
1: I can't, I mean, I knew what to expect in terms of the level of play and the type of game that was going to be going on, but I was kind of nervous going into a new team, you know, just showing up out of blue, not really knowing anybody there, but it all turned out pretty well.
0: Well, Jack, let me ask you, you know, uh, as, as the after initial camp, the early part of the first that first year, did you feel yourself being able to take more of a, a, a leadership role as a veteran?
1: Yeah, I'd say that I did. Um, I tried to lead more by example than by uh, you know calling people out or uh, you know vocal leadership, if you will. But um, I felt that you know I had played in the in the league for a couple years and I needed to make an example of you know this is how the game is supposed to be played
0: wow so how would you describe your game you talk you know you're talking about how would you describe your game of course you were a defenseman so obviously you know it's it's kind of on a on a limited scale as far as you know what you can do but what did you as far as uh the style of play as a defenseman how would you describe what type of game you had was it more physical or was it more, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, for finesse?
1: Um, I would use a different term, and I would say intellectual. So physical when needed and finesse when needed. So my sort of philosophy that I developed was defense first, defense always. And if that means blocking shots, taking hits, you know, you take the hit to make the play, do what you got to do but make the right play.
0: Now, did you, I mean, okay, I ask this of every every player that I've talked to so far. Do you remember your first goal in juniors? I do not. No. That's okay. That's fair enough. I just I mean, I should. You. I didn't
1: have that many of them, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. Now, who are some of the guys that you played with that first year? in Toledo uh,
1: that first year uh, Dougie Lyndon Smith oh yeah yeah he's a character
0: yeah I remember him because um, he went on to play in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League
1: yeah Then um, there was uh, Andrew Cole uh, Frank Madyock, uh Nick Yost oh yeah defenseman.
0: now who was the guy that you who was your defense partner that first year
1: um, I think I kind of rotated around. I don't really remember sticking with uh, strict pairings for too long. It's just kind of what worked and what wasn't working.
0: Mm, okay. Well, uh, but um, as far as you know, just playing with some of those guys, have you? Did you feel was there anyone that you personally felt comfortable with more than any other or? It didn't matter to you.
1: It didn't really matter to me. I think um, in terms of the other defensemen, um, me and Nick Yost had a little bit better connection, but that's probably because we were carpooling so much.
0: (laughs) Oh, so that explains a lot, Nick, because I remember Nick, he also, he went on to play up in Canada somewhere. I know he played in, I think, Nepean or something like that, up near Ottawa. Yeah, so I just I just remember bits and pieces, but I still do remember some things. So now, uh, talk about what your experience was like that first year as a player uh, versus other teams in the league.
1: It was a little difficult at first, uh, just trying to navigate the new team, new coaches, trying to convince you know other team veterans that I was in fact a veteran and not a rookie. But um, once I sort of um, settled in, it was a great experience. And my time at Toledo was probably some of my best in terms of overall hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I was trusted enough to play my game in a way that allowed me to excel, as opposed to being micromanaged by the coaching staff.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, what? Uh, how did you feel? I was going to say, you know, you played uh, under Dunk and under Tarsh. Uh, was there a – did you have a pretty solid relationship with those guys?
1: I would say that I did. I mean, I wasn't, you know – we weren't, like, super close. I kind of kept to myself more or less, but I it was one of the better player-coach relationships that I've had.
0: Well, that's good. Um, now, I – I think about the fact that you played two years in a Cherokee uniform. Uh, What was the transition like for you? Or I wouldn't say transition, but the, how did you feel coming in the second year? Because that's, you know, of course, obviously your final year juniors uh, Mm -hmm. things. It's kind of, it's kind of like being a senior in high school. You know what I mean? It's like, you're, you're okay. Mm -hmm. I'm finishing here. And I want to go out as, as as best I can Uh, talk about what that was like. And I'm sure that, Obviously, you know, being a 20-year-old, you probably had a little bit more um, something to say in the locker room, not necessarily being a rah-rah guy, but just by your actions and stuff, your leadership skills, they probably came into play, I would think, more so in that second season.
1: Yeah, that second season was was a lot more um, do-or-die, like, this, there's no room for error here, we gotta get this right, I'm gonna make this the best season that it can be, because I don't get another chance, right? So, mm-hmm. so I feel like I was a little bit more vocal and a little bit more on other teammates to pull their weight and uh, just kind of create the best sort of community for success.
0: Well, you know, and now, so uh, that second year, were there any other new guys that you saw that you thought, wow, that's a pretty good player there for us? Um, yeah,
1: there was uh, a bunch of talent coming in on that second year. Um and we we did much better, uh, if I remember correctly, in terms of standings and whatnot. But um, I don't remember any exact names. Um, it's hard to remember who was on which year.
0: Cause, but, uh, uh, was was that like Austin Siple in them,
1: or was uh, that after? no?
0: Okay, Sipes so played after. Okay, I'm yeah, just trying to was,
1: remember. Um, yeah, let's see um jordan spencer um, oh yeah came in
0: what is it oh you mean spencer jordan
1: yes yeah, spencer jordan sorry
0: yeah because him and matt cook i remember mm-hmm.
1: yep spencer jordan matt cook dj fisher um couple Gosh, guys. That's,
0: yeah that's funny now let's talk a little bit here for a minute now about like the uh the bus obviously some of the craziness that goes on there yes You know uh i'm sure there are probably a few stories you can tell whether it's the bus or just life on the road uh some of the crazy things that happened i'm sure there was one or two things Uh, um i i know that you know whether it be uh you know the rookies having to do now that's the other question as a 19 year old i'm gonna presume you didn't have to do any of the rookie stuff um
1: they made me do a lot more than I had anticipated doing.
0: All oh, such as,
1: so um, the the thing that sticks out most in my mind is all the rookies dyed their hair for playoffs that one year, that first year, and so we were all, all walking around with basically straw yellow blonde hair.
0: Oh yeah, I remember now. With you with doing that now, you because you're not naturally a. Uh, uh, you're more like a light brown kid. Weren't yeah. you Light brown hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that, yeah, those, yeah, that really jumped <laughs> out. I remember that really jumped out at me about you. Yeah. Because you, uh, you were something else with that. But, but I mean, still, that's. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you bond with, though. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. None of it was horrible. You know, there's there's no horror stories.
0: No. So. Uh, well, I, I was gonna say, I know that in previous years. There were some horror stories when it came to that. I remember that the rookies had to get haircuts. And matter of fact, uh, it was my last podcast with uh, episode 12 with Troy Bose. He was telling me and reminded me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, that did happen. Or some of the uh, haircuts that they had. I mean, like the reverse Mohawk, uh, mm-hmm. the Harry Krishna uh, which they did on me because I offered that as an option if they could come back from behind and come from behind to win in the playoffs. Uh, let's see. I, I remember one guy, Cole Herb, ended up getting uh, leopard spots in his hair. He dyed his hair as leopard spots. So yeah. So you get all kinds of crazy stuff going on now. Did mm-hmm. you get now? Did they do anything like uh, like the talent show or anything like that with you guys? Um, uh, not that I can
1: remember. I feel like there was something along those lines but
0: cuz usually on the bus you get uh you get to laugh because they will do uh some crazy things to entertain the the vets and everything. Now, when you became a vet, did you have anything uh did they, they do anything for the rookies?
1: Uh I I usually let most of the others take the reins on that one. I I do remember a lot of bus karaoke. <laughs>
0: Oh, my. And I'm sure Indeed, they all yeah. sounded... Yeah, they all had spectacular voices, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, anyway, so um, now, who did you room with most of the time on the road?
1: Um, they usually kept a bunch of defensemen together, so they just kind of rotated through and made sure everybody was, you know, building team trust and all that. I don't specifically remember anyone who i would always room with so
0: yeah well um now uh did you get to experience all the fun things that go with that too you know whether it be leaners or uh oh yeah or do
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, make sure you check before you open the door don't open it too fast
0: oh dear yeah that's uh always make someone
1: else answer the door
0: That's always a good tip. A good, wise tip for those listening that are young. <laughs> always make sure someone else opens the door. Oh, my goodness. Now, when, uh, when you played, uh, did, I, where did you guys go as far as playoffs go? How far did you guys go? Um, I know we made it to the semis
1: the second year out mm. in Dubuque. That was, that was tough. It's a tough loss. Oh, yeah um, but um and then I don't think we got too far the first year. We were kind of middle of the pack, uh, and so there wasn't you know too much expectation but second year, second year, I think we finished pretty high up in terms of standings, and then uh, it was a pretty good uh battle between us and the uh, Dubuque Thunderbirds, who oddly enough, Several of the players on that team I ended up playing in college with.
0: Really? Yep. Who did who did you who did you play with? Um, you went to Adrian, correct? Correct. See, I, I see. I remember a few things. Yeah. I'm not, you know, the, I'm not old. too far away. So. Yeah, I was going to say I'm old now. Did you? Who was your coach? Was that what's his name? Dan. Uh, Dan Phelps. Dan Phelps was that your coach?
1: Yeah, he was the coach while I was there.
0: Holy smokes! Let's try hey, again. I'm old, but I can remember it's you. a couple things. It's you. <laughs> so tell me about the guys that you played with that were from Dubuque.
1: Uh Kevin Sundy and Tristan Musser. Um they were just kind of you know, they're kind of like the good old boys of hockey. They just were out there throwing their weight around, you know, killer instincts. Great guys to play with. Uh, crazy to play against. I remember we had a power play one time, and I must have had like six shots blocked in a row. So there's, those are the kind of guys you want on your team, for sure.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's funny, though. But, I mean, you know, because I remember, I think you – were you there that year? Because I know Nick was, when we had the uh, the big brawl with Dubuque at the Ice House. Um, uh, or because there was a few either, of them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, with Dubuque, though, we it was at the Ice House, and Nick lined up a kid and, and lit him up as he was trying to cross into into the neutral zone, and he had his head down, and Nick just blew him up, and I remember everyone lost it. Yeah. Uh, on on Dubuque. like the real physical intimidating team. And mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, they're like, you know, they didn't expect to lose, and they walked into your building and they were going to own it. Well, Nikki lit him up. I remember that. I remember this may have been the year after because if Cyple, was on this team, so this may have been nine ten, not eight uh, nine. Okay. I just remember Nikki list, lit him up, and then we a full a full scale like riot ensued. Uh, everybody. I mean, one got one of their guys. After everyone settled down, p- penalties were hand, handed out. I remember one of their guys uh, at the, as soon as the puck dropped, and it was at their the Dubuque blue line. Puck's dropped. The guy, one of their tough guys, takes off skating down the ice. Doesn't look at anybody. Just skates down the ice. He's going to take out our goaltender, J.R. Engelbert. So he goes down. Yeah, he, he goes down and sub goes to submarine Engelbert. And JR, like, leapfrogs him and completely leapfrogs him. And he goes sliding into the post. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then so then another full-scale melee in, ensues. And I remember JR just absolutely jacks uh, one of their guys and just drops him. And, nice. uh, yeah, and we had, uh, I remember Sipes was in there. And I think he had two guys that were going after him, and he fought them both and was beating them up. Nice. And uh, yeah, and all of this. And the guy, the one guy that started this whole thing was Nick Yost, and I don't think he got anything. That's what <laughs> yeah, was that, funny.
1: That sounds about right.
0: <laughs> Nicky was a piece of work. I will give him that. I loved him to death. He is a great kid, really, really smart, and a really good guy. Man, I really liked him a lot, but. uh I just, uh, I just found it really funny when you when we talked about Dubuque because, I mean, St. Louis for most people will they'll always say St. Louis was our was probably the most, uh, I don't want to say intimidating, but just the biggest rival for mm-hmm. everybody. But the for the short time that Dubuque was there, they yeah. built up a lot of animosity for uh, because. The way they played, Joe Coombs made them play real physical, if I remember correctly. Now, did you get into any kind of squabbles with uh, anybody yeah. when you played Dubuque? Uh, nope.
1: nope. no, no, uh, no, no issues there.
0: You kept your nose clean. I only had,
1: uh, yeah, I only had one fight in juniors. All my all my years in juniors.
0: What year? And was it with Toledo or was it with Motor City? Oh, jeez.
1: I want to say it was with Toledo, and we were playing Metro Jets. I feel so proud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: man. Because that was back in the days when Metro, uh, they weren't as successful as they became. They're now a very good team, and they have uh, been a very powerful team
1: as of late.
0: Yeah, they have. Yeah, they when they were probably about four or five years ago, I'd say five years ago, they turned it around and they started getting some good local kids and mm-hmm. they moved, they moved from East Waterford to Fraser. Uh,
1: Yeah, and That so, helps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I had a, uh, uh, one of our players, our former players from a few years ago, Josh Smith, he's from up there. So he says, man, you, you really should, you know, you're really picking on my home rink, you know. And I said, because <laughs> said it's because it's so awful, you know. I yeah. said, okay, Mister Jet, you know. I mean, because it was like was it was greatest. colder. It was colder inside the rink than it was outside in February. Mm-hmm. It was awful. So now, uh, but I mean, still the fact remains is that, uh, like I said, they got a lot better, and now they're like the team to beat. Because they are in the in the division. Yeah, because they have really been good. But we the Cherokee, uh, you know, they had a couple of uh, years there where it was it was kind of rough. But again, they've really turned it around almost overnight and uh, have got it back going, going, you know, steamrolling again. They're really doing a good job. Kenny Miller and Todd Omi are doing a great job of uh, running that team right now. Them and Nick Signs, there's their coaching staff, and they've been doing a, a really good job of getting things done now. They really have turned it around. They're getting – because I think also the thing is is that when you played, especially and before, there wasn't that many, many local kids – Uh, I mean, they like they were always within like an hour's drive. That was what considered local. But we're starting to get guys now who are from the area, like from Toledo, who or just over the line in Michigan. And Mm -hmm. but when you played, uh, I don't think I think you were considered a local kid. You were considered local and like you and Maddie and, and, you -hmm. know, and Nick and stuff like that were considered local, even though you were still about an hour's drive from the arena.
1: Yeah. Every day, hour there, hour <laughs> back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so who who uh, who were the riding partners when you drove? You, you uh, mentioned uh, Nick. Yeah, okay.
1: me, uh, Nick, and uh, Frank Madiak, We would usually carpool together, just because we all kind of lived in the same area.
0: And and you had to do that how many days a week?
1: Uh, four days a week for practice and games on the weekend. Oh, yeah, <laughs> playing hockey. You know. Working part time, going to school part time—it was uh, crazy days.
0: Yeah, they were. Now uh, that that was probably tough with you trying to juggle your uh, your schooling as well, right? And you had a pretty good GPA, I would think, as a as a, yeah, as a chemist.
1: It wasn't too difficult because I was only taking one or two classes at a time, just to k- kind of keep you know keep the muscles active, if you will. But. Mm-hmm the focus was definitely hockey for sure.
0: Now, uh, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, when you play, when you were here in Toledo, uh, the, just, uh, getting our feet wet with, uh, being on things like being on TV, uh, stretching the league, uh, a little bit more from just being a Midwest loop to mm-hmm. being, uh, a nationwide thing. And, uh, Just, uh, I mean, now, what was it eventually? Were you heavily recruited at all? I mean, by more than just Adrian, I should say.
1: Um, I had a couple of small Division III NCAA schools that uh, had made offers, and then there was a few other ACHA-level teams that said, hey, you should come try out for us kind of situation. But I ended up going with Adrian because it was – close to home, but far enough away from home. And uh, I just felt like I would have a better experience and enjoy hockey more at Adrian.
0: Okay, so let's talk about uh, your time. You know, uh, what was it about Adrian? Did you go and fall in love with the campus or was it, stri- was it strictly the hockey program that, that drew you?
1: Uh, it was strictly the hockey program for me. Um, they really focus on hockey as one of their... They're major selling points. Uh, when I got there, they had uh, three hockey teams, and when I left, they had six hockey teams. What? Yeah. Please, so they had, please
0: do explain.
1: <laughs> they had men's and women's uh, NCAA Division three, and then ACHA Division one for men's, and then they added uh, ACHA women's team and two. Uh, a c h a uh Division three men's teams wow, so basically, if you went to Adrian college, you were either playing football, playing hockey, or probably in the band
0: <laughs> oh man, that's funny now uh, cause I was gonna say Adrian's not that big of a town it's 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 just no. a small little sleepy college town in the middle of nowhere but mm-hmm. uh they i mean it's right old two twenty three if i remember. But yeah. it's still it's uh it's still uh, uh still it's that's pretty impressive the fact that you can draw that many people to come uh play now when you played, did you have uh, a pretty decent crowd show up at your games
1: uh yeah, we'd probably be about you know half capacity or something like that so uh, it was uh very well supported on campus. Um, and then you know all the teams supported all the other teams, so that helped out a lot. Oh,
0: that's cool. So now mm-hmm. uh, you when you played in when you played in Adrian, uh, pretty much, I mean, what was it like transitioning to play for Dan after playing for Ian Duncan?
1: Um, it was a, a little bit different philosophy and a little bit different um, mannerisms and you know just coach personality but, uh, um, I definitely enjoyed it, and you know got to uh be a little bit more aggressive in my play just because of the style and systems that we were playing. so that was fun. Oh,
0: that's cool now, you know you talk about playing with a couple of the former Thunderbirds. did you guys have to do a uh, get to know each other uh and smooth things out before uh before the season started or anything or?
1: No, no bad blood going into it. So they're really cool guys.
0: So do you still when, keep in touch with... Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that, you know, when they're playing for Dubuque, you hate them. But other other than that, they're, they're pretty chill.
0: Okay. Well, now, uh, do you still keep in touch with any of those guys?
1: No, I've... Uh, my life has, you know, taken me across the country. And, you know, things have just kind of dwindled down and... I don't really talked to much of them anymore.
0: Unfortunately. Now, uh, do you, do you keep in touch with any of the Cherokee or like with social media or anything? Do you still keep in touch with any of your uh, Cherokee of uh, teammates?
1: Yeah, here and there. Every oh, now and then, some of the, Something will pop up on Facebook or, or what have
0: you. Okay. So now uh, you finish, now you finish and you graduate Adrian. Uh, how long was it till you till you moved to head out to uh, out west?
1: So I graduated Adrian College in 2012 after 3 years there and then I started a my PhD program at the University of Maryland that fall in 2012 and I ended up out in California full time in 2017.
0: Wow, that was quite a job. What made Was it the job that brought you out there, or was it you always wanted to go out west somewhere?
1: It's definitely the job. So I ended up falling into a nuclear chemistry program, and so I got my PhD in nuclear chemistry and focusing on like radiation detection and things like that. And for what I do, there's only a handful of places where those jobs exist. California being one of them.
0: Aha. So do you see yourself being a Californian now for the rest of your days? Or do you look to maybe someday come back this way?
1: Um, I'll probably end up staying out here if all goes well with the job. I love what I do. It's, it's a great place to work. So we'll see what the, what the future holds. Man, the only downside funny. is there's not a lot of hockey.
0: I was going to ask you that. Do you get to follow much hockey out there at all? Outside of, I'm presuming, like the Sharks and the Kings and nah. the Ducks?
1: yeah there's not that much um there is the stockton heat, which isn't too far away it's about thirty minute drive for uh ahl games mm-hmm. um, and then there's uh San Jose has their uh farm team in house down there in San Jose so those are games are oh.
0: affordable too oh they're the barracudas aren't they yeah. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember, but yeah, I, I've, it's funny because you know, I mean, there are some t- some amateur level teams out there. It's just that you don't get to, unless you're at a big city, you don't really get to notice them. You know, I mean, the old Western States League, I forget what it's called now, but it's mm-hmm. out there. Uh, there's the I know um, a couple of other, and then of course you got a couple minor league teams. Like you mentioned, Stockton, San Jose. Also, I'm trying to remember. uh, I think, doesn't Long Beach have a team? I know San Diego does. Uh, They got the Gulls. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, My goodness. It's, It's just been crazy, though, man, back then. You know, I mean, you think about where hockey has gone from basically being a regional sport up north in the Northeast to now it's coast to coast and around the world. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a culture shock. You know, growing up, you have any number of hockey rinks within a 10-minute drive from your house. And then out here, I have to drive like 45 minutes to get to a hockey rink.
0: Well, let me ask you, when's the last time you put on a pair of skates?
1: Oh, my goodness. Probably three and a half years ago. Unfortunately.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately. How how, how did it go? Did you weeble wobble or? No,
1: it went well. So when I was at University of Maryland, I was uh, volunteer coaching their uh, ACHA Division Three team. Okay. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. And um, I coached for that team all the way up until I moved out to California. So.
0: Oh. Do you see yourself having an interest in ever coaching?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'd like to get back into hockey and uh, coach at some level. I think that would be a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it uh, while I was at Maryland, so I'd like to continue doing that.
0: That sounds cool. Now, so, I mean, um, uh, who would you like to work with? Do you have a preference as far as would you like working with the little guys or would you prefer the collegiate or junior level or any any of the travel?
1: I would prefer either uh, the real little guys or, you know, travel and collegiate level. Um, I think something in the middle would be a little more frustrating um with the youngsters it's you know it's teaching them skills and you know getting them to love the game and then and with the uh the older players you can yell at them when they screw up but yeah. you know, yourself too much hot water so
0: <laughs> i love it i love it uh now who would you say your uh i guess for lack of a better term your style who would you say that your coaching style probably more you more emulate do you emulate uh take more of a Ian Duncan approach or more of a Dan Phelps?
1: Um, I'd say I probably take more of a Dan Phelps approach to things, um, just because as a defenseman, I felt like I was more involved in the team systems. You know, whereas uh, in most other systems, it was okay. Defense, sit back on the blue line, make sure you break out the puck, and then just kind of wait for everything to come back to you. <laughs> so the uh, the Dan Phelps way was a lot more aggressive. With the offensive zone forecheck, and um, got to you know uh, make more plays and anticipate more, and just be more more um, active and offensive rather
0: than passive defensive. Now, uh, do you do you ever do you still uh, watch a lot of follow hockey on television and stuff still, or uh, as much as I, a I can. Or- yeah.
1: So I so we don't have cable, so that's kind of a problem. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll watch as much, uh, you know, YouTube videos as, as they'll let me.
0: So. Okay. So I just, you know, I mean, and plus I was going to say, your schedule probably doesn't permit you with the time difference and everything. You probably yeah. don't get that much time.
1: Yeah, all my Red Wings games are on at like 4 o'clock out here. So it's not <laughs> difficult.
0: Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. But, uh, I mean, that's – who is the player you uh, – like – Thought was the bee's knees when you were a kid growing up and through your your adulthood. Who was your favorite player?
1: Uh, Without a doubt, number five, Nick Lidstrom, for sure. Why? Uh, Just complete player, made it look effortless. Like, it just, I don't know, just something about the the style that he played. Just shut down defensive, you know, made the hit when necessary. Um, Always. He's making, making plays, making passes. So it's just, it was really um, exciting to watch.
0: Now, um, of course, growing up as a Red Wing fan, uh, it's got to be excruciating watching them right now with uh, the drought. Now, the playoff drought. Uh, well, well, for them, after so many years of making it to the postseason, now it's been a few. Uh it's gotta be a little bit frustrating yeah. as a Red Wing fan.
1: hmm Golden Years can't last forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is true. Now, uh, as far as uh do you uh do you have any other favorite teams or players that you really liked back then from back then?
1: Uh no, I was all litcham all the way. Uh I just I've played defense my entire life, except for maybe like four months. <laughs> <laughs> and uh where some, one of my coaches thought it was a good idea to put me on forward. But uh, after the defense fell apart, he quickly brought me back to defense. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just – after Lidstrom retired, um, you know, it was like Drew Doughty or uh, Carlson, yep. you know, kind of became my new favorite players. So.
0: Well, let me ask you, since you got to play – got spent four months – at forward was there any part of you that wanted to stay up front or were you much more comfortable going back on the blue line
1: much more comfortable on the blue line i'd end up in the corner and we look around and be like what am i doing down here i don't belong down here i need to be back there <laughs> so
0: did yeah, you ever score I, a goal up front
1: yeah i scored a few it it just wasn't for me um i like to be able to sit back and read the play and anticipate and you know, use the more intellectual side of the game. I was never really the best stick handler or uh, anything like that. So defense was a better fit and uh, it's where I started. You know, that was when I was three or four, I was, and got on a team. I was the only one that could skate backwards. So coach said, you, you're playing defense.
0: <laughs> wow. That's, that's quite the compliment since you can skate backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Uh, so uh, now you know, now that you've set up shop pretty much in 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 California, uh, it, are are you married? If I remember correctly, yep, been married
1: what? uh five years now. Got married in two thousand fourteen. Holy yep.
0: smokes! Mm-hmm.
1: You're, make,
0: you're making me feel old, Jack. Just want to <laughs> say, you're making me feel old. You know, let's put it this way: I'm old enough to basically be well. Okay, your dad, uh, a very young granddad. Or uh, and stuff, and I've only been I've only been tied the knot for I'm heading into year number four, so yeah. it's kind of weird.
1: Not a race. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. It's an endurance test. So, yep. but uh, I mean, now is she a Michigan girl?
1: Uh, no, she's actually from Maryland. Um, she ended up. We met in Adrian College. She was there playing lacrosse.
0: Oh, okay. So you met her. So you, wow, that and so that's what brought. Uh, uh, so everything kind of all the ducks lined up in a row when you went to Maryland, yep, sure did and, and then uh of course, then again, with the job in in California, my goodness that's uh that's quite a lot of miles, and you're you're still a young pup, that's yep. a lot of miles to put on yep spent
1: yeah. uh spent a few summers in random states during doing internships during college too,
0: so holy smokes, log the miles, huh, yep. My goodness. So now, uh, what does uh, as far as in the future? Uh, we talked about the fact that you would like to get into coaching. Is there uh, is there anything that would make you want to leave California as far as coaching goes, or are you just looking for something to do on the side while you're working?
1: Uh, at this point, it's just something on the side, just because I love hockey so much. Um, if the right opportunity presented itself. I would uh seriously consider relocating to coach full time but um yeah that's sort of uh just in the back of my mind right now
0: okay, well that's fair enough well uh before we go here um what give me a good um uh, uh, uh give me a good story about um what it was like for Jack Adele when he was uh when he was a when he was a rookie, when he was just a, a young guy at Adrian College, what was the uh, I guess not the hazing, but the breaking you in as a rookie? What what type of things did you have to endure?
1: Um, you know, it was the standard. You know, tote and carry everything. Rookies had to load the bus. Rookies had to unload the bus. Um, you know, we had to run the gauntlet every now and then at practice.
0: What was the gauntlet? Uh,
1: all the vets would uh, kind of form a tunnel and then, you know, you'd try to skate through as fast as you can. They'd hold you back, knock you down, pick you up, spin you around. You know.
0: Wow. And did, were you able to get through it pretty easily or was it a struggle?
1: Uh, it's a struggle at first, but, you know, once once they got used to you, they kind of let you go a little bit easier. Just uh-huh. with, uh, Just trying to set the pecking order.
0: Aha. So that's a good thing. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, well, Jack, is there anything you have a question wise of me uh, that you want to ask or that you can think of to ask? Uh, Like I said, I I usually get, you know, do that with every player that I interview and stuff also, as far as, you know, if they have any questions about something that happened back when they played or just anything goofy that you can think of to ask, it's up to you.
1: (laughs) I think the only burning question in my mind is is the foosball table still in the locker room?
0: No. Oh, no. I don't believe so. I do, I believe, well, it's they've tragic. got, I think they've got the, uh, well, now, now, don't hold me to that because it's been, <laughs> I retired in 2017. So okay. it could very well, it could very well be there. Okay. It could very well be there. Um, I just remember seeing the. Uh, of course, they got the video game uh, stuff there. They've got a couple different things because I'm trying to remember now. Were you when you were at the Ice House? If you can remember, were you got were you in, when the was the Cherokee in the last locker room down at the end still, or did they move uh, to the middle? Hmm. I think it was the middle. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know that they re they redid some stuff there. So I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Uh, if, cause I remember, I remember the foosball table. I do remember it, but I don't, I don't think it's there anymore. Um, oh, no. I remember yeah, foosball
1: I and cold showers.
0: <laughs> the cold showers are still there. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Those, those almost to a man will tell you those, those are still there, but, uh, <laughs> Oh, if if sap were here on earth right now, he'd be laughing about that one. But, uh, it's, uh, it, it's funny because, you know, I still think of the, uh, people would always crowd under like the second or third row of seating Mm -hmm. in the stands because there was that one beam there that shot out a little bit of heat. And so that was the only place you could sit. So you could stay warm and stuff during the winter months during hockey season. Oh gosh, that is too funny. But uh, anyway, but yeah, I don't believe that the, yeah, matter of fact, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm sure they'll let me know here when they hear this (laughs) podcast, but uh, I don't believe it is anymore. But they've got, like I said, they've got other things, more modern conveniences Mm -hmm. to replace Mm -hmm. it. Right. So, but, uh, you know, Mo still over there working the, working everything like he does. So, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yep. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what else is that would be. Eh, No, that's pretty, everything else is pretty much standard, uh, still there, as is, you know, you still got uh, Kobe's place over in the bar, uh, over by the entrance, Uh, you got the, they put in, they fixed the pro shop up, they really did a nice job with it, Uh, so they fixed that up, Uh, let's see what else they got going on that they did there, Um, that's about, I mean, everything else is still pretty much the way you remember it, so. That's that's pretty much this the story there, um, oh. but uh, well, hey Jack, I tell you what, it didn't uh, it, it it went pretty smooth, buddy. I appreciate you taking yep. the time and reminiscing with me a little bit about that time no because, I yeah, I, yeah, likewise, Jack, because I haven't had anybody on from your era because uh-huh. I've had guys early or later and I've had guys from earlier, but I have, you're the first one from your years that I have had on. That uh, I can remember that, you know, so it's like, it's good. I'm, I'm, I just, like I said, I just pull these uh, off of my computer. I let Mm -hmm. my computer pull them out of a hat names of all the different guys I could remember. And that I knew and, and uh, that reached out to me and stuff. And I just pull names. And it's, that's it. And there's no rocket science to it. You know, so to speak, I guess for you, that'd be anyway. uh, But, uh, but I appreciate you doing this, my friend, and I'm sure we will chat again. And uh, anything you want to say to TC nation out there that listens to this?
1: Uh, Just, just keep on going. Support each other and we'll get through it together.
0: Yep, amen to that. Well, buddy, I appreciate this, and thanks a lot, and all the best to you and yours.
1: Hey, thanks, you too.
0: All righty, that's Jack Goodell here on this edition of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, each of these drop each and every Wednesday and Saturday, and we are so grateful for that, that we're able to bring this to you. Big thank you again to you guys for listening. Don't forget, give us a follow-up. It's CherokeeRewind.com. Dot podbean.com is the website. That's where they drop, but also on my Facebook, on the Cherokee Facebook. Uh, it's available uh, anywhere podcasts are. So if you list, get your podcasts on iHeart, uh, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, all of those, uh, Stitcher. You can listen on any of those. You just put in Cherokee Rewind, it'll pop it up for you. So, again, for Jack Adele, I'm Mick Sand. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. As you've been listening to the Cherokee Rewind, we'll talk again soon.